you know, one of the things that you've heard me say many times that I love so much about our Catholic faith is how it all fits together like a jigsaw puzzle, the most beautiful mosaic. And when you see people from other religions like Scott Hahn, Deacon Alex Jones, Steve Ray, Tim Staples, can go on and on. These were all non-Catholics who set out to disprove the Catholic faith and in the process ended up becoming Catholic. The connection, I think, just in prayer and reflection and where we're at, I think is powerful today. You know, we don't celebrate feast days other than our Lord on Sundays for the most part. There's a couple, John the Baptist and others, but <clears throat> today is Our Lady of Guadalupe. As you see next to me, we don't formally celebrate it, but you can ask for her intercession in your heart. And what happened? Well, in six years, six million Aztecs were baptized. Baptism. In the gospel, it talks about our Lord with John. John saying, I will be baptizing you with water, but one mighty and greater is coming, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You know, we also just celebrated the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And what is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception? It's the celebration of Mary being freed from original sin. I did a whole talk on it yesterday. If you'd like to hear more about the Immaculate Conception, it's on our YouTube channel and uh, our Facebook pages. But in essence, it's washing away original sin. Why? Because after the fall of Adam and Eve, we have been experiencing broken human nature. We have something the church calls concupiscence now. This is a tendency to sin. This is a tendency, rather than to get up and work in ministry, to lay on the couch and watch TV. Rather than to be pure and chaste, rather to be unchaste and full of lust. Rather than to be fasting, to rather be engorging, maybe in gluttony. These are the tendencies called concupiscence. But personally, what I feel is a greater danger of original sin is something you don't often hear about. It's a darkening of the intellect and the will. In our world today, I personally believe all the problems that we are experiencing. And I know this might be a, a stretch and may, some of you may say, gee, Father, I think you might going too far, too far, but I honestly believe that our problems in the world are coming because of a lack of baptism. Baptism is the sacrament that washes away the original sin, that original sin which is darkening our intellect, which is weakening our will. The problem in the world today is we have extremely darkened intellects. We think what is good is bad, like the church, and we think what is bad is good, like abortion, because it's a woman's right to choose, so to speak. The big problem we have in our world is a darkened intellect because we don't see the truth. Along with that is a weakened will. There's no such thing anymore as sacrifice. It's all about me. That's even 
sweeping the world of the iPhone or the iPad. It's, it's I. It's, there is no more self-sacrifice. There is more, no more giving of ourselves as a whole. Now, yes, some people do. This is totally true. But when I look back, like at the greatest generation of World War II, how they sacrificed everything, are we willing to do that? So we have this darkened intellect. We don't see the truth and we have a weakened will. Everything now is society's fault. We don't take any personal responsibility. Um, children not being disciplined because the teachers get sued now if they try to, to discipline a student. Man, when I was in school, I feared more coming home if I did something. And those were just in times where you got in trouble for chewing gum or or talking in class, um, or, you know, walking too fast in the hallway. And we would get in trouble, but you had more fear getting home. Because if the teacher called your parents, you were in trouble. Now it's society's fault. Now we have these weakened wills that everything has a, as an excuse. There's no more accountability. So if you look at really the root of the world's problems, it is very much, in my opinion, this darkened intellect and this weakened will. The exact two things that happen when we are not baptized. When we are baptized, we wipe away the original sin. And with the wiping of that way, we're infused with a special gift of faith, hope, and charity. We are infused with these graces that help us to see the truth, that help us to have a stronger will to overcome temptations. If we had that in our world, I think it would be a different place. But in the last several decades, we've come to this concept or this misconception that we don't need baptism. Parents aren't baptizing their children. My own nephew refuses to baptize his little girl. It has just put so much anguish on my heart. I still love him. I will always love him. But my heart is broken. Because this whole idea, well, we'll let them grow up till they be 18, and then they can make the decision. Well, the problem is, if you're not instilling faith, by the time they get to be 18, they could care less. Baptize those children and people are like, well, wait a minute. I want them to be able to make that choice again. If you're not growing them in the faith as they grow or get older, they won't get baptized. You know, people are not baptizing their children today. This is a huge mistake. You know, the baptismal rite in our church is not just a symbol of grace. It's an effective cause of grace. It's actually instilling grace into your child. Why would you not want that? Baptism confers the first sanctifying grace. And as I said, those supernatural virtues of faith, hope, and love. The only way you get to heaven is faith, hope, and love. And those are not given automatically to every soul. Those are given at baptism. Why would you want to deny that gift to your child? Please, if you do nothing else for your children, if you do nothing else for them, even if you can't provide for them, get them baptized. This is what our Lord talks about in the readings today, or John says he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. You know, it takes away original sin, as we said, and the personal sins are also taken away. 
So if you're baptized as an adult, along with the punishment, it's phenomenal. Baptism puts on us a Christian character in the soul that allows all the other graces to be received. It's the starting point. It's the launching point. You have nothing else if we don't have this grace. It's a grace to allow us to share in the divine life of God. It allows you to become an adopted child of God. You don't have to be an adult to be an adopted child of God. And when you are baptized, you become an adopted child of God. You become part of God's family. You know, when you were born, you didn't choose the family that you came into. God did. And so when you're baptized, you're saying, this child of mine is part of the family of God. You know, when your child was born, did you say, well, I'm going to let him grow up. And when he's 18, he can decide if he wants to be in our family or not. No, we don't say that. I I told the story before when I was a child, I was upset about something when I was seven. And I told my mom I wanted to write a letter to the newspaper to look for a new family. I was seven years old. And my mom, God bless her heart, she sat down with me to help me draft the letter to write to the newspaper why I was looking, to put an ad in the classifieds. Back in those days, you had classified ads to look for a new family. And my mom was asking me, now, why do you, were you looking for a new family? And I said, because you like my sister more and dad makes me work and I don't get to play with my friends and And so anyway, my dad walks by, and I told the story before I remember, my dad was walking by, and I had been shelling some peanuts, and I was making a pile of peanuts with the shelling the peanuts, and and, uh, I said, uh, my mom said to my dad, he's, Chris is looking for a new family, and my dad looks at me, those are the, those were the true days of, of good discipline, and my dad scoops up the peanuts, eats the peanuts, and says, huh, you don't change the family God puts you into. You can't. You can't change the family God puts you into. And so it's the same with baptism. We don't want to change the fact that God wants us to be in his family, and baptism is the way that we become adopted sons and children of God. You know, when we were born, we were automatically born citizens of the country you were in. When I was born in Dearborn, Michigan, Nobody asked me, well, do you want to grow up to be 18 and then decide if you want to be a citizen of the United States? No, I was automatically a citizen of the United States at day one. So then why is this understanding of baptism so foreign to us that we should baptize children? Non-Catholics criticize us Catholics for infant baptism, saying that we need to be born again. We need to have this born again experience. You've heard that? I bet you have. And so they first accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and then they get baptized. But for them, it's not salvific. It's only, it's not a sacrament. It's just a symbol of the relationship. Now, here's the thing. It is only a sign of their conversion. So that's why they don't give it to children under the age of reason, under 18, because they feel they have to be older to really know that, you know, I want a relationship with Jesus. Okay, but here's the thing. They're leaving their children with original sin and which needs to be removed because as of seven years old, the church teaches you're held responsible for your actions. 
I remember very clearly when I was seven or eight years old and I knew what was right and I knew what was wrong. I knew it was wrong that you didn't hurt people or animals or, or destroy things or steal things. I knew that. Now, if I was eight or nine or 10 or 11 and I wasn't baptized and I died, I'm responsible because I don't have freedom, or I should say, I, I, I now have the responsibility for my choices. But you know who might really be responsible is the parent for not having the child baptized. Please, please baptize. And baptize, baptism is the born again experience. It is salvific. Have you ever had anybody up to come up to you and say, have you been saved? What should you say? Most Catholics around and go, um, um, what do you say when somebody says, have you been saved? You say, yes, I've been baptized. I've been saved. I'm in the process of being saved and I have hope that I will be saved. That's the Catholic answer. This is powerful. Well, wait a minute. This isn't in the Bible, infant baptism. Oh, yes, it is. 1 Peter 3.21. Baptism, this is Peter, now saves you. That's the Catholic belief. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? That's in the Bible. Baptism now saves you. 1 Peter Chapter 3, verse 21. What about the Philippian jailer whom uh, Paul and Silas had converted? We are told that, quote, the same hour of the night, he was baptized with all of his family. All of his family means the children. That's Acts 16, verse 33. Paul recalled that I did not baptize did I not baptize the household of Stephanus? Again, the whole household. 1 Corinthians 1.16. Now listen to this. In Acts 2.38, Peter declares, quote, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. He doesn't say not the children. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and your children. Right there, Acts 2, verse 38 and 39. We Catholics need to point to these scripture passages to defend the reason of why it is so important to baptize our children. Our children are growing up with darkened intellects, um, weakened wills, and by the time they get to 18, they want nothing to do with faith. We need to baptize them while we can. There's nothing more important you could ever do for your child, not putting them through college, not buying them their first new car, not driving them to their first rock concert, nothing is more important that you can do for your children than baptizing them. Nothing. In the Old Testament, this is interesting. If a man became a Jew, he had to believe in God, the God of Israel, and be circumcised. Now listen to this. In the New Testament, if one became a Christian, one must believe in Jesus and be baptized. 
So you have the Old Testament, got to believe in God of the Israel and be circumcised. In the New Testament, you got to believe in Jesus and be baptized. Now, listen to this. Those born as Jews were circumcised in anticipation of the Jewish faith that they would be raised on. Now, the Jews baptized, uh, circumcised, guess what? When the baby was eight days old, not 18 years old, eight days old. Now, those born in Christian households were baptized in anticipation of being raised in the Christian faith. So you have the Jews would circumcise in a, on the eighth day, just eight-day-old baby, in anticipation of being raised in the Jewish faith, and the Christian households would baptize in anticipation of the child being raised in the Christian faith. Now listen to this. Paul then notes that baptism has replaced circumcision. This is Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. Paul says baptism has replaced circumcision. Now, usually only infants were circumcised under the law. Only infants. So here's the point. Circumcision of adults was rare since there were very few converts to Judaism. So here's the point, everybody. If Paul meant to exclude infants, he would never have chosen circumcision as a comparison because infants were circumcised. So Paul is telling us, get everyone baptized. Augustine taught this. The earliest church fathers taught this. Augustine said, the custom of mother church in baptizing infants is certainly not to be scorned, nor is it to be believed that its tradition is anything except apostolic. He's saying so far as this comes from the apostles to baptize infants. And we just read it. it was in Peter. Baptize first the children. And if they can speak for themselves, let them do so. Otherwise, let their parents or other relatives speak for them. This came from the apostolic tradition, chapter 21, verse 16, in the 200s. The earliest church writings, way over a thousand years before the Protestant Reformation, that says you don't need to baptize your children. This is stuff that we don't even think about that I believe is at the core root of the entire problems of the world. The problems of the world are because we're darkened in our intellect and we're weak in our wills. The two things that baptism, that original sin causes, but baptism will help clean. Now, we still have to be open to that, Grace. It's just not a magic wand. But fundamentalists will try to ignore all these historical writings from the early church, which definitely indicate the legitimacy of baptizing children. There is no doubt that the early church practiced infant baptism. No doubt. And no Christian objections were ever given again until I said the Reformation. So to finish, remember what I said a minute ago. When you're asked if you've been saved, you say, yes, I've been baptized. I'm an adopted child of God. And so are my children. Most important thing you can do. 
You know, Father Seraphim used to teach us that Divine Mercy Sunday is like a second baptism because in it we are washed away, just like in baptism, not only of all sins, but all punishment. Wow. Mark 16, 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now remember, believe just doesn't, isn't just saying, well, God, I know God exists. Believe is living your faith to the Jews. Believe is not just saying the word, Lord, Lord, but is living it in your life, living divine mercy. And then finally, John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Very truly, I say to you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. But don't despair if your child has not been baptized and now it's too late. Don't despair, it's never too late. Your prayers for them. There's also something called baptism of blood and baptism of desire. God will give the opportunity, we know from Catechism 2263, I think it is, that in ways known to God alone, he gives us the opportunity to repent. So if you do know someone that hasn't been baptized and now they refuse, don't give up hope. Pray for them to accept that grace when Jesus comes and offers it to them. We can still receive the grace of heaven through the grace of baptism if we haven't formally been baptized in a church through desire or baptism of blood martyrs. But most of all, that desire in our heart. A pygmy in the rainforest may not necessarily have been baptized in a church. Well, Father, you're saying he can't be saved? No, we're not. The Catholic Church says they can be saved if they live the natural law, accept the grace of God in their heart, and have that baptism of desire, the desire to be part of the family of God. So let us today see the message, I think, in our gospel and try to match it with Our Lady of, or um, uh, uh, Mary's Immaculate Conception, which is being freed from original sin, which is wiping away darkened intellects and weakened wills. Now, once we do that, we are in a position to be able to be prepared, to be baptized, to be cleansed. And that, again, I think, is the answer to all these issues and all these problems. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.